In a world where Peter Parker is a giant-ass spider, Jake Gyllenhaal is a mysterious man who, who has duplicates of himself and is also a supervillain. Uh, one man, Green Grobby, went back to formula and is ready to, t is ready to take all the naysayers to pounce. Hello and welcome to You've Spun Your Last Web, Spider-Man. Had you not been so selfish, your little girlfriend's death would have been quick and painless. But now that you've really pissed me off, I'm going to finish her off nice and slow. MJ and I, we're going to have a hell of a time. Your one-stop shop for all things Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. In regards to last episode, half of it was about Billy Zane's The Phantom, so you should just listen to it because of that. But then the second and I'm half, Casey. yeah, <laughs> the second half was, <laughs> was all about Spider-Man. So you know you're gonna enjoy it. Uh, yes, I am Zayd. Is the other one that is talking, and I'm Casey. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing a okay minus the hectic schedule. How are you doing? Where you gotta be? I'm going to be at a wedding tonight, uh, but mm, I did want to tell you that that intro quote was very good. Um, Thank you. <laughs> can, can you remind the audience who said that along the Andrew train of thought? Mm, that was Green Grabby that threw that sweet Ugh. piece of ass our way. Oh, I could tell because I was sweating halfway through. It was, just mm -hmm. a, real, it was a really good quote. It's very um, powerful, but it's also a way to connect. You know, it's just a way to come back down to earth and really relate to the students. He's also very lusty. Yeah, he he really is. I think he. I think that's not intentional. I think he just is. I think that's just that's just a Willem Dafoe um, trademark that he's always just been, he's always egging. He's always like, egging for it. It's like how we said with Billy Zane when all the women come on to him. It's not because it's written into the script. It's just because it's Billy Zane. It's, yeah, it's like the same way a, with Green Grabby. He's a magnetic force, Billy Zane, with or without hair, mind you. Yeah, and um, I think that's easily the same with Willem Dafoe. Like, dear lord. I, you know what I just realized? What? Seven episodes in, I say dear lord a lot. Oh, well, yeah. you know what? It's polite. Just know it's... that whenever I say dear lord, I always mean it with an E tacked onto the end. So I'm actually regarding to the New Zealand oh, pops. Okay, pop good. Princess. Okay, um, good. Yeah, whom I love. <laughs> well, so last night you, you texted me something regarding hmm. the casting choice mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. of our favorite Peter Parker. Yes, Excuse I my did. Accent. Um, remind me who was also supposed to be taking that role? I was just watching uh, a wonderful documentary on a wonderful actor, Human Boy, and I saw a man, he read the script and he said, this makes no sense, I could never be Peter Parker. And <laughs> that, man, that man was Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, late great Heath Ledger. Turned down the opportunity to be Peter Parker. Which oh, is, man. yeah, I get, I get why, because after watching that whole thing, he was not, I don't get why you wouldn't want to be Peter Parker. Absolutely. I get why he wouldn't, because he lived like the, the America's heartthrob, uh, string of films out and he A didn't. Knight's Tale being, he, uh, the prominent one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. After 10 things I hate about you, he didn't want to do any, like he never wanted to do the same film twice so yeah. he there's even a part where uh, they have they have him narrating 
like the whole film literally up to like the week he dies and it's horrifying how they did that it's beautiful and horrifying there's (laughs) because um it's like after um 10 things i hate about you he was like i yeah i never wanted to do the same thing twice which is why he did the knight's tale and then he eventually did um uh brokeback mountain and the joker and it's just very very different type of characters and he was like yeah i Hollywood hates hearing somebody that's like got a pretty face for them saying no. So I had a really fun time saying no to them. <laughs> um, but he's he's literally just talking about everything, like as, how the documentary is, and it's amazing but scary. Like they talk about when he was with Michelle Williams, and he'll be talking about when he's with Michelle Williams, and then every film they bring up, he's talking about that as if it's in the same interview, and they get to his final film which is um i can never remember the whole thing it's like dr parnassus imaginarium it's like a very fun uh fancy name uh and i'm pretty sure he only survived like half of the filming and then they had to yeah that's why they brought in like several different actors for like colin farrell brad pitt and johnny depp if i'm not mistaken i know colin farrell and johnny depp yeah it might be brad pitt um but yeah uh, they they showed footage of him like getting into that role, and then they they played this interview thing of him saying like, "So now, um, I'm filming Doctor Parnassus, and then in three weeks I'll probably drop dead." Oof. It was terrifying Yikes, to yeah, hear him say that because then he did. And then he did. Yeah, that's not great. Imagine yep. if, if he did take on... Well, first of all, it's good that he didn't take the role of, of Spider-Man because then, you know, the Matrix wouldn't have taken from <laughs> Spider-Man 1 and also Michelangelo wouldn't have, have taken his name from yeah. from Peter Parker because, no, you know, right, the yeah. whole movie would have been different if, if we had a different actor. Um, but Yeah, yeah, it just you know would have how... been some movie... <laughs> So at, at that time, in 2001, maybe 2000, they were filming the first Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. There had been other Spider-Men in terms of the animated films. Right. Or, excuse, not films, but uh, animated series. Um, and then there was Peter, uh, played beautifully by Toby. And then after that, it was like everyone was shit. So I would like to say that Toby was the first good Spider-Man. And Heath Ledger was the first... Oh, I can't say he was the first good Joker. Because the guy from the Batman series... You think in Jack Nicholson? And also Jack Nicholson was really good. Mm-hmm. Well, he was. But Mark, good... I was gonna say Mark Hamill's Joker. Mark Hamill's Joker is great. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, Heath Ledger was great. He was the peak, much like uh, Tobey Maguire was the peak of Spider-Man. And then every Spider-Man afterwards has been down. Um, but what's funny about Heath Ledger being the best Joker is the one that directly followed him which was arguably not only the worst Joker, but, like, one of the worst performances in recent years. Yeah, with, uh, that was... Mr. Mr. Leto playing uh, the damaged Joker because we couldn't uh, figure that out on our own. Yeah, oh, man. Th- there was such a problem with the way that the Joker continued, and that was, like, if you look at Jack Nicholson's Joker, if you hear Mark Hamill's Joker and everything, I mean, there everyone was afraid of how... Heath was gonna do it because they were like, "How do you top Jack Nicholson? How do you like do anything other than a poor rendition of their Joker?" And then yeah. he made something that had not been done before. And the problem following that is Jared Leto said, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna now copy that. It, it wasn't he didn't he didn't make something original. He he found Heath's voice in his own voice. Yeah. And then he was like, but I'll dress a little differently and try and make him look a little different. But that's that's not that's not what's not right. Also that? the laugh sucked. The laugh sucked. Everything about his performance sucked. But what's funny about that is that I, I would like to think that Jared Leto was the reason that the costuming was so terrible for that. <laughs> it wasn't the costume designer. It wasn't it wasn't the character designer no. who was no, like, no, no, I'm no. gonna put a bunch of garish fucking tattoos on this dude's body. Yeah. I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put the word damaged across his forehead because that's not fucking cringy at all. <laughs> but that was that was all just Jared Leto being like Dave yo, David Ayer. I've been method with this character for a while now. I really gotta do what I gotta do. That's his voice, I guess, when he's the Joker. I'm not right. sure. I'm sorry. Right, right, right. Um, boy, that makes it so much fucking worse. Because, <laughs> because like, like, I said it. I've said it once, and I'll say it again. Jared Leto is a not good actor. Um, he was fine in Dallas Buyers Club. Have you I seen Mister Nobody? I have seen Mister Nobody. Oh, and I do not remember Mister Nobody. Oh. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Fancy, fancy. Haven't you done well? Haven't you done well? Also, um, <laughs> this is outside of the podcast. This is real life stuff. What? A uh, friend just texted me saying she's on her way to get me, so I might have to <laughs> stop recording now. So that's okay. fucking stupid, because she said she was going to be at my house at 4.15. You good. You good. How far away <laughs> is this person? Um, I asked for an ETA. She read it and did not respond. So that's excellent. okay. All right, keep us posted. Keep the entire podcast posted. I'll just make this an unedited episode so that okay. it's just it's short and sweet and to the point. People will know exactly why it's short. <laughs> I'm gonna directly call you out, um, Olivia. Fuck you. Oh, I really, I really. There was such a long pause that when you said you're gonna call her out and you just said her name and then nothing else, I thought you were literally just calling her out. Just... I'm gonna call you out. All right. Hey. All right. Here. Here. We could. We can uh, work off of this uh, juicy lick for a little bit and then cut it off when you need to. Um, the idea of creating our multiverses within Raimi's universe of what ifs. Uh, I thought yeah. of this the other day and it was. Now, Spider-Man becomes what he is because Peter Parker is at a, basically a spider factory yeah, and, and a spider, a spider factory in New York. And somehow the most dangerous of all of those spiders got out because they didn't keep an eye on it. And it comes down from the ceiling and bites Peter Parker on his, on his little wrist. And it was a small Peter Parker wrist. It was yeah, it was a tiny Peter wrist until that he became Big Boy though. Peter wrist. Um, and then he gets the spider powers, and the spider powers he happens to get, which if you know anything about spiders, it's you know that they're really strong, that they can see without glasses, they can see without glasses, <laughs> and that they can shoot webs. Those are the three that we know. <laughs> my my theory is, what if how different would Sam Raimi's universe be if he had acquired? other spider-man traits instead of those traits what if he what if he got eight legs what if he got uh <laughs> what if he got more eyes <laughs> I think if, if if we were working off of a screenplay like that mm-hmm. i would require that david cronenberg come in and work with that because that would be friggin awesome body horror shit like if you <laughs> like so cute obviously we're keeping toby because he's adorable yeah um he wakes up the next morning not with, you know, a little bit more bulk on his body, but with eight 
fucking terrifying hairy spider legs <laughs> poking out of his body. What if he just Horrible. looked like a spider? <laughs> oh god, it's like it's like um uh, Kafka's Metamorphosis, but rather than turning <laughs> into a, a beetle or whatever, he turns into a terrifying spider. Oh my god. Uh, but what if what if like nobody noticed? Like how weird would that be? Like he comes downstairs, Aunt May and uh, and Big Ben are sitting there, and he comes down the stairs, and he's this giant eight-legged arachnid, and and they just look at him and they're just like, "Hey, Pete." Hey, Michelangelo. And, <laughs> hey, don't don't finish those. Uh, don't finish painting that kitchen without me. Um, he, he he has his his pincers like clacking like. Yeah, no, he's got <laughs> yeah. He's got the pincers. Oh, beautiful. Um, then when he's at school, like during the lunch scene, he's just actually eating flies. It's just like... <laughs> he took like some, he took some nerdy kid with glasses, um, stung him like, like Shelob did at the end of Lord of the Rings, and then rolled him up in his web and just started sucking his nutrients out of his body. Oh my God. I think the idea that I'm gum, I'm gum, 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 <laughs> is really, really scary. And I don't think it fits with the whole Spider-Man vibe, you know? <laughs> ah, all right ah, oh sorry right. i want to throw in another theory yes. in the middle of this one because if we're gonna if we're gonna spice up peter's powers right now then i want to spice up another boy's powers really quickly okay please you remember that all all being quote back to formula back to formula yes what if what if they went back to formula <laughs> <laughs> they went back to formula and just perfected it. <laughs> oh, and they, and they, they made it like, like good and a comprehensive test. And so now, yeah, and so now Willem Dafoe is just stronger, but like not evil. <laughs> he's stronger. He's not evil. And he, um, he, he still has control of his company. So he doesn't have to kill that man in the wheelchair. He no. He doesn't have to bomb a, a whole group of people. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again. You know, Zane and Casey pulling all the fun and conflict out of these movies. But what we really did is we flipped the roles. Because now we've got this masculine Willem Dafoe on a glider who's got military experience and a high-praised intelligence because he's head of a company um, trying to take down a giant spider that's running around the city. But are, are people still responding to the spider as they would any other normal person? Because that's what everyone at school is doing. That's what Aunt May and Ben I are think, doing. I think everybody sees him as a normal teen. Not like oh. they physically see him as a normal teen, but they see like they see him as a giant spider. But they trust him like he's a normal teen. Like they don't think anything weird of it. And, and I think Willem Dafoe, I think Willem Dafoe feels like he has hints of oh, this is, something's off with this kid, and now I gotta get to the bottom of this. So, I think Willem Dafoe is the only one that's really looking into it. So, if you want, now, from this world that we've created, Willem Dafoe might be considered the good guy, but might be considered the bad guy, depending on where you look at it. Because he's just trying to kill a normal child. He's like, right, he's actively right. egging for, for this kid who's just like a normal nerd dude. Every, everybody thinks that he's trying to kill a normal child, uh, Willem Dafoe thinks he's trying to kill a giant spider, um, and all these people are just like, "Hey, you're just you're gonna hurt that kid." And he's like, "What the hell are you guys talking about? I'm it's, looking at like a twenty foot spider." <laughs> and it's because of the formula that's actually been perfected that he can see the spider for what it actually is. Yeah, he's got grabby groggles. 
He's got Grobby Groggles. Grobby Groggles on. Looks like with... we got a title. Thank he... you. Yeah, that man, <laughs> the man in the mask. He's got Grobby Groggles with his grob vision. <laughs> it's like infrared, except it's definitely green. green. It's, <laughs> it's like that scene at the end of Sicario, um, when it was just night vision, but it's like yes, green. There it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like... It's just definitely green. So it's within green vision through his grabby groggles, he can see the real man that is Petey Parker as the spider. <laughs> but is Peter out to do no good, or does he literally just have a spider's mind? So he's just trying to like hunt and like stay alive. This is the mess. fun. This is the fun part. It depends which Spider-Man film we're talking about, right? Okay, huge spoiler right now for anyone who's not seen the film Enemy. Oh. Um, Oh yeah! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm sure. Just in, in keeping with the Denis Villeneuve references right now. Big um, spoiler on the Jake Gyllenhaal film Enemy. Yes. Yeah. Big spoiler. Um, is our Peter Parker the giant spider? Yes. At the yes. 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 And that's <laughs> and that's why <laughs> and that's why Jake Gyllenhaal becomes Mysterio. Ah! <laughs> What a good tie-in! Oh my god! In a world where Peter Parker is a giant-ass spider, Jake Gyllenhaal is a mysterious man who who has duplicates of himself and is also a supervillain. One man, Green Grobby, went back to formula. And is ready to t- is ready to take all the naysayers to Pound Town. <laughs> oh my God! This, okay, now this got sexy all of a sudden, and I am I am here for it. I am sorry. I definitely wrote a National Lampoon movie. It is gonna get sexy. <laughs> wow! Now that's a that's a titillating reference there for National Lampoon. <laughs> I always thought that Spider Man would fit much better in the National Lampoon universe than it did in the Marvel Cinematic. So yeah, good call there. Yeah, for no, real. All this, yeah, all the like gratuitous nudity and yeah. you know the the teenage sex and just that's in Spider Man, yeah. Yeah, just the really <laughs> funny stupidity. Love it. Love road trips and etc. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is officially a part of our universe now. That's Good. exciting as fuck because yeah, it really is. He's also a traitor uh, to our cause because he's also in the the MCU movies. Which are fascinating, of course, because I'm I'm very excited to find out how they are making another Spider-Man movie, despite him being a pile of fucking ash mm-hmm. off in some other other planet. And speaking of that other planet, do we get any understanding of why all of our heroes are able to breathe, you know, Earth-like oxygen on that planet without any like friggin' help from anything? Does that bother anyone at all? <laughs> to be like, fair. Yeah. I have not me. I have not watched trailers for anything. I usually don't watch trailers for bigger movies because they tend to have this little uh, fun perk uh, known as they spoil way too much in trailers. I'm not even I'm not even talking about the trailer. I'm talking about Infinity War. Yeah, you know how they're on they're on the planet fighting. The, the thing Thanos the thing I'm mentioning Pratt. is I at the end of Infinity War. I know I read the comics, but I can't remember. I thought they're inside the stone. Hey, that's a that's a spoiler right there, everybody. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Jesus. 
<laughs> Aren't they? Aren't they inside the stone? Who fucking knows? That's kind of kinky, though, if Thanos is like, you know what, I was fighting these dudes, but then I'm gonna just shove them inside of my stone. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna take half a world, I'm gonna shove them in my stone, and that'll show them up. You ever seen Teen Titans? <laughs> I have, yeah, the, uh, the television program. It's like that. Or, it's or like that DC, one episode. What about the hardened DC edgy series called Titans? <laughs> A- anyone? Is that the one where, where Robin I don't care. Like, I don't care what it is. Please listen to me, you prostitute. <laughs> is that the one where Robin is saying, fuck Batman in the trailer? And I, I, I stood up and I applauded. I gave them a standing ovation. Man, edgy goddamn thing to say. that wouldn't be Robin then. That would be uh, Nightwing yelling that oh. he would be, he'd be the aggressor. Well, no, well, that's actually, that's a hard call because there are so many Robins. You see, I'm a DC boy there. Uh, there's Jason Todd who becomes the Red Hood who could very easily say fuck Batman. Damian Wayne does not like his father. Could have said fuck Batman. Uh, Why does he not like his <clears> father? <throat> Can we delve into the, his daddy issues, please? Uh, just... And just like any, it's because he, it's because Bruce Wayne dropped him as a child. It's that simple. Uh, what? <laughs> I, no, I actually I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Never mind about that though. Let's keep talking. about I was Robin. dropped from my phone plan as a child. Oh my god! Your parents are literally abusive. Yeah, they dropped my phone plan on my head while I was a child. <laughs> Same side effects. Christ. My god, that's why you're so gosh darn handsome. That doesn't make sense. Um, the thing that I was bringing up at one point is gone. I don't remember what it was. Essentially, spoilers lurk in every trailer. Oh, just like how before we saw whether or not Tom Holland was going to do well as a Spider-Man, before we even yeah. knew that there was going to be a Spider-Man within Civil War, imagine they didn't show Spider-Man in the Civil War trailer, and then you that saw the awesome. movie, yeah. and then he appeared. That would have been phenomenal. That would have been such a good moment. And they killed it because they showed him at the end of a trailer. It's there's. Oh, oh, I know that. Yeah. The trailer where he starts uh, doing the moonwalk. Right. (laughs) I would just the shield on his head. (laughs) That's right. You mean the thing that I sent you? That's not in the trailer. Yeah. The the obviously funny (laughs) gif that was that you sent to me last night at four in the morning. Under Bruce. And then he swings and he gets the shield and then he puts the shield on his head and starts doing Michael Jackson's dance. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Imagine fitting. if he was if if he wasn't in that trailer, that would have been amazing. If they could tease like the Jake Gyllenhaal Mysterio thing without I just think superhero trailers they know they need to remember we all know that they're action movies. You don't need to give away the action. Just just tease us with the fact that the movie exists. I mean, you say that, but the Joker trailer was just released. Again, have not seen that. That's pretty, pretty good trailer. It's Todd Phillips, so I'm sure it's going to be like tonally jarring, and I don't know, probably not, not tremendous. But the trailer was good. All and right. It shows Joaquin Phoenix being a pretty silly dude. Question. Hi. Right now. <laughs> Hi. Um. Uh, I just want to know from the trailer since you've seen it. Yes. Do you think he will be... I'll start you off easy. Better or okay. worse than Jared Leto's Joker? Um, I did not spot any any damaged tattoos on his forehead, so I'm not sure how to feel about his character yet. Uh, um, yes. I'm going to say 
off of that information, he's going to be a little bit worse. All right, that makes sense. I don't sense. know how to. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, you know, is he damaged? Was there? Or is he not? Was there any scene in the trailer where he was laying on the ground, sur- surrounded by a circle of knives? Ooh. And did he laugh like this? Ah, 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 ah. It really just sounds like someone just took their tensors out, and for some reason, the floorboards got creaky while they walked back to bed, and. Uh, ah. Uh, and then just. Uh, uh, I also uh, appreciate. Uh, uh, can we just express how Jared Leto? Excuse me, how Jared Leto is a visionary. Yes. I know. I know. I know. I know. <clears throat> Fourteen minutes ago, I said literally the opposite. <laughs> but you just like you don't have a mouth tattooed on your right hand on the outside of your right hand, and you put it over your mouth. Because, you know, mouths, interchangeable. It's kind of like science, whatever. Stick with me here. Okay, all right. And then he does that little cackle, uh, creaky creaky cackle, I will call it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? I don't know. I I just kind of, if Joaquin Phoenix is not going to really pull all the punches and go really, like, method with this role, I don't think it's going to succeed at all. Jared Leto, he obviously did um, by sending his castmates... Uh, a bunch of used condoms. You're gonna make me cut this out of the podcast again. What the used condom thing? Did it did it stay in the first episode? I'm pretty sure it did stay. Okay. Yeah, we, had, we had to cut other stuff because okay. it was getting like two out there. Well, if it's as opposed to right now, if it stayed, then it's staying. That's right, folks. Jared Leto sent his cast members used condoms because he's a good sport. Knows yeah, how but... to treat his cast members. Yeah, remember, um, oh, wait, yo, do you think that he's going to be in the new Suicide Squad movie? Um, that's only if it, are you talking about, okay, no, never mind, you said movie. Um, I'm talking about The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. Yeah, um, if you said, do you think he'll be in a a Suicide Squad, I would say yes, because, uh, just because of how bad the backlash was, but in the new film, no, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Um... Because that was that was stupid of them to do what they did in that first rendition. Also, for everyone that doesn't know, Suicide Squad, quote unquote, two, is in the works with James Gunn. Reason I say quote unquote is because they've come out and said it's not a sequel; it's an entire reboot. It's a soft reboot. I um, I know they got Idris Elba. Uh, they were gonna have him do Deadshot. They, yeah, they, he's, he's actually not gonna be doing Deadshot now, so he's gonna be doing a different character. He's gonna be doing Viola Davis's character. Yeah, Viola Davis is back to play Deadshot. Um, Margot Robbie is still gonna not be wearing any pants. Um, so I guess all the disgusting, uh, creepy men out there are gonna really love that. To be and... fair, she there is no one else that could have played Mar- uh, that could have played Harley Quinn as well as she did. No, which she is was fine. She was fine. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, which is impressive for a film that was what it was. Can we ex- can we uh, delve deep into David Ayer's filmography for a moment, please? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some with some facts. Do it. David Ayer is, uh, believe it or not, not a good filmmaker. Okay. David Ayer directed Suicide Squad. Yep. So that was not good. Funny enough, the film uh, that he directed earlier than that uh there is one that i see that i like and i'm and interested to watch. see i'm interested to see what you say what was end of watch about oh wait what are you talking about did you like training day 
I have not seen Training Day. Did he do Training so what Day? So movie, what movie did you like then? Fury. Oh, that's the one with the tanks and the, the tanks that shoot lasers. Shia LaBeouf. No, what? The tanks yeah, that I, shoot lasers. Yeah, dude. If you look the up a clip of that beams. movie, uh, the, the bad guy remember. tanks, they shoot like red, like weird lasers. They don't look like tank shells. They look like lasers. It's weird. I just remember it's great cast. Weirdest thing is like I'm obsessed with any Shia LaBeouf movie. It's not Brad Pitt or Logan Lerman that sold me on that film. It is Shia LaBeouf. Are you LaBeouf. telling me? Are you? T- are you? T- I'm gonna hold on. Are you telling me that Logan Lerman is not a selling point for you? Shia, La- Shia LaBeouf is the selling point, and then Logan Lerman is just gonna push me above and beyond. I saw Percy Jackson and that Lightning Thief, the man You're who stole me the Percy Lightning. Percy Jackson and his Lightning Thief. He is the Lightning Thief. Percy Jackson. Is not a selling point for you in in major motion motherfucking pictures? Let me just tell you something about Percy Jackson, the man that oh, you told me something. There's something about this man, Logan Lerman, Percy Jackson, which really should have been Percy Paxton, just so they That's could keep true. the alliteration. Logan Lerman, Percy Paxton, uh, is a, is a is a lanky boy who is who is great at what he does, but when you put him up next to Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf will literally take his clothes and make him do a little dance for you. That's what okay, he does. Exp- explain that a bit deeper for me. Uh, <clears throat> what does he do? <laughs> you say that he takes his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's vague. What does he do with his clothes once he's taken them? I just put, he just pops them on the ground right then and there, right in front of him. Just oh, he rips sh- them off. Okay, it's good. just to shit. Yeah, they're, they're not even tearaway clothes, but he's just that strong. Shia LaBeouf is Shia LaBeouf. He's- Shia LaBeouf <laughs> is similar to the Hulk in that he's uh, really fucking irritating. Yeah. How's that sound? Yeah, there you go. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. When he's angry... He does those uh, weird experiments where, like, he watches all of his movies and then sits in a room where everyone can meet him, and he kind of looks like a college art art project. It's just weird. Uh, Arguably the worst kind of art project, correct. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you put him in a tank, and you tell me for some reason that he's going to be kind of calm-minded? That's confusing. I'm interested. I'm interested. I also appreciate that um, Shia LaBeouf, everyone's favorite American actor, Mm -hmm. had to go method to play a guy in a tank during World War II um, and didn't bathe for the entirety of filming and like several cast members had to actually speak to him and say like we're in a small confined space take a fucking bath you absolute piece of ass (laughs) and then he would throw bible quotes at them because that's his character was quoting the bible look at Leviticus 14.3 Look it up. He said, thou shalt not bathe while sitting in military equipment. I Everybody tells me that the Bible is not ahead of its time. Fuck that. The Bible is super ahead of its time because this, it's, actually refer- it's actively referencing uh, modern day warfare. Modern day. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> and the Bible God. said Trump will not win his second term. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that's a dream. That's a dream and a half right there. Right. America is not brilliant, and we should probably not delve into politics in our Spider-Man podcast. Why not? Um, in the in their politics in Spider-Man, did you know that J. Jonah Jameson is... Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say he's mayor of uh, New York. He has a podcast in the, in the uh, video game. Does he really have a podcast? Is it a podcast? It's, uh, he might just have a radio show, so like rather than... I guess the only way that the video game was able to infuse J. Jonah into it was to have someone um, voice act as him that sounds almost exactly like um, my my man... What's, what the hell is his name? J. 
JJ the jet plane. JJ the jet plane. Yeah, he sounds exactly like JJ. Um, and he just like goes on randomly and starts like yelling about Spider-Man. It's very very bizarre, but I kind of I kind of dig it. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's a good game. Do you want to talk about this giant human spider that is Tobey Maguire? As, yeah, yeah. Um, now in Spider-Man One, obviously we know Green Grabby's got his Grabby goggles on. He's got green Grabby vision. Goggles. He can see that this is the spider, the situation, and whatnot. Probably gonna ask his as a uh, son for assistance, and um, so they're gonna have. It's probably gonna become a family of goblins. That's just like their thing. Is goblins? Yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're all goblins, but they're a family of goblins. It's okay. like it's like the plural is goblins, and then the singular is grabby. Okay. Um, now, in this situation, they're gonna be the superheroes to themselves, but they're still gonna be seen as supervillains to the city because uh, I was gonna say Tony Parker. Tony uh, Parker, <laughs> right. son Mr. of Peter. Yes, uh, this man, this Spider Man, is going to be roaming about the city. Everyone's going to think he's a normal human being, but he's really this giant-ass spider, oh my god. Um, with the terrifying. pincers and the, uh, the, the his prickly hair and everything. A lot of hair on that dude's <clears throat> body. Yeah. Now, a big bulbous ass, too, by the way. This is go where on. things get interesting. We go to Spider-Man 2. Doc Ock is going to make his four tentacles, and he's going to see Peter. He's got eight legs, and he's going to say, he's, I'm jealous. I need to do better. He's going to make four more tentacles. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. Now he's now he's not just Doc Ock. He's Dr. Octopus. Now <laughs> he's got eight extra arms so on his back. In total... Two uh, microchips, he... eight arms. <laughs> is the, is the, the second microchip also going to break like the first one did? I think the first one will break. The second one won't. So he can control four of the arms and can't okay, control so four this... of them. <laughs> A few of the arms are just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. They're like making breakfast at night. Crazy. And, um, <laughs> but, he, but he also has his, his, his arm arms and his leg legs, right? Yes. Yes. He I'm got human that parts. I, yeah, that's how I did. I, rather than saying his human arms and leg, I have to say arm arm and leg leg. I, I think that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So w- what else about uh, Jake Hall entering his um, bedroom and finding a giant terrifying spider whimpering away from him see this is where it gets very tricky because we want to talk about things entering peter parker's house yeah at the end of spider-man 2 i'm thinking uh doc ock does such a good job impersonating this spider man that the town starts to believe that doc ock is spider man uh thinks that the spider man is this spider they're gonna say you have uh, four extra arms, because you're you're not Doctor Octopus. You're Doctor friggin' Twelve, fucking Doctor Twelve arms over here. Fucking like Doctor Ten. It'd be ten arms, right? He's got the two arms, two oh, human arms, two legs. Ah, we're kind of Doctor Twelve arms. Doctor Twelve, uh, friggin' uh, arms. I, I was gonna <laughs> say digits. I was gonna say digits, like fingers, but they're a little bit bigger than fingers. Yeah, Doctor Big Fingers. Hey, Dr. Fucking Big Fingers, hello. Oh, we got Dr. Big Fingers over here running a fucking city. Where you at? You go back to the ocean, you fucking octopus. Can you tell I've been to New York once? <laughs> Good. Oy vey. And it was Brooklyn, mind you. 
in this oh. situation, I think Peter gets self-conscious, you know, whether or not it's because Mary Jane thinks that he's not himself anymore, whether it's because Mary Jane knows he's not himself anymore because he's a giant spider. He's a giant spider, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's going to run away, and he's going to try and hide. And where he happens to hide, Jake Gyllenhaal's house. And <laughs> okay, so he goes all the way across the pond, across the pond meaning mainland America, to Los Angeles. Well, for everyone that hasn't seen Enemy, essentially, Jake Gyllenhaal runs into his doppelganger. It's, yeah, it's very, very ahead of its time, Jordan Peele. He runs into his <laughs> doppelganger. Yeah, and... fuck, you. <laughs> fuck you, Jordan Peele in particular. Yeah. We love your films. Yeah, it's, um, it basically, he starts to go crazy because he's like, this person's just like me, they sound just like me, look exactly like me, et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, at the end, thinks that he has sorted out how to handle this ordeal. It's an experimental film where he comes to understand himself and picks a side of himself to become. And when he runs into one of his um, rooms, and he's like, honey, uh, I'm going out. Do you need anything? He sees little Petey Parker, the spider boy, curled up in his corner in the, in the room. He sees this giant spider. And he, <laughs> makes, he makes eye contact with him. But the thing is, he sees this spider, and he sees that the spider is afraid of him. He's not afraid of the spider. The spider's afraid of him. And in this moment, he knows, well, that's that's pretty mysterious now, isn't it? <laughs> it, begs, it begs many a question. I think uh, we should have some Canadian director understand this for us. And now he, he starts going on this run of, well, that's very, that's very mysterious. And he starts going on this run of things that are mysterious to him. So he runs into a velvet buzzsaw and he runs into various mysterious paintings. And he right, runs into, right. he, he runs, runs into, he runs into a night, nightcrawler and he comes across very mysterious news events. He, he runs into uh, Brokeback Mountain. He runs into a mysterious uh, cowboy encounter. He, he runs, are, you saying that, are you saying that being a homosexual is just a mystery? I, yeah, nothing wrong with it. A but it's a it's say. a mysterious game to play around that time as even heath ledger's character says because heath ledger's is alive in this film uh, even, <laughs> even 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 heath ledger says in the film like we get caught doing this we're, we're dead and so uh so do you, do you also, like that's mysterious I'm gonna stop you for one yes. do you think that um heath ledger also didn't take the role of spider-man because he knew mm. that he would be working very closely with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal later, and he was like, "I already have one on the docket. I'm gonna be playing Brokeback Mountain with him, yes. so I can't be doing Spider-Man." So yes, absolutely. Okay, excellent. I, I think I've cracked the code. The reason that he really couldn't be Spider-Man was because he had already worked with Jake Gyllenhaal, and he doesn't do twice. That man don't do twice. No, he worked with him in the future, and then now he doesn't work at all. Yeah, it's bleak. Yeah, but he has good films. Everybody, I love that man so much. Oh man. Um. Yes, so Jake Gyllenhaal basically does this thing, like, when if you f took a book and you flipped through the pages, imagine him doing that, but, like, he's running on the pages, and he's running through all of his films, like, in a 30-second montage. And, okay, like, okay. so he's doing that with all of his films, and now he is going through all these mysteries, and he's filled with so much that they're starting to... Uh, escape his head and he's like oh, I know how I can help this not escape my head I'll, and then he puts a helmet on so that they can't, so they can't leave his head or okay. they can't leave his space and now he looks like this merry mysterious man uh, and he's got all of his mysterious thoughts uh, roaming about inside this helmet and everyone's like hey you should take that helmet off 
especially like when he's at the airport, you need to take that helmet off because uh, it's just TSA policy. And he says, I can't. There are a lot of mysteries in this helmet. And if yeah, I t- you don't want to you don't want to expose any of the mysteries. I can't expose the mysteries. And they say, what's that supposed to mean? And he says, I can't go into further detail because that would be exposing the mysteries. And they say, sir, it's literally a mystery. It's in the name. Take, fucking deal with it. Take the helmet off. And he says, no. And then apparently, uh, instead of following my Mysterio, uh, which would then be to grow to like 50 feet tall and electrocute everybody, um, he's got what looks like just like, I don't know, mystical beams. I don't know how else to explain it, right? Understood. He's just got mystical beams. Mystical be- as opposed to the standard beams, these ones are mystical in a certain way. And the thing is, that was not scripted, that was not CGI, that was Jake Gyllenhaal. And the whole point of everything that I've just said is the fact that it's even a mystery how he got those powers, because that was just Jake Gyllenhaal doing that. So you're telling me that you could have just said that last sentence there, Yes. rather than saying all those other paragraphs. I could have said that last sentence there rather than setting us up with the prompt that Spider-Man is now a real spider. Okay. Okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> but but if you had done that, then we wouldn't have had the beautiful uh, images of a giant, terrifying eight-legged monster yeah. uh, rum- rummaging through New York City, and people don't bother, you know, asking about it. They're just kind of like, oh, yes, okay, that's fine. We wouldn't have um, Dr. Dr. Twelve Arms. Fucking Dr. Twelve Arms over Dr. Here. Twelve Arms up in here where you walking around on all 12 of your arms thinking you own the place. Can I get a glass of water? You say, yeah, let me give it to you with all 12 of my arms. Fuck you. He would actually say, I can offer them with about six of my arms. I can't really use my feet. The other four are kind of just doing whatever the goddamn they want. I'll have to... It's going to be a 50-50 chance if you get your drink because half of my arms will gladly oblige. The other half will maniacally try and prevent those arms from giving you the drink. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep slapping them away. And this is is how we make the Doc Ock spinoff of the the tragic life of how half of his arms uh, understand him and half of his uh, arms will never be understood. That's fucking bleak. That is angsty as hell, and god damn it do I understand that on a level. <laughs> so I don't mean to completely derail this, but I actually have some cool correspondence from a listener of the show. So what? Like to, yeah, I'd like to put that into this right now. Do it. So, Mr. Sean R., my buddy. Seaner. Seaner, uh, is what I like to call him. Seaner Connery. He listened, um... A few episodes back, I can't recall which one it was, but we mentioned how Hugh Jackman um, was almost in Spider-Man. So I'm just going to read you his whole message right now. Um, He says, well, I did find a link that I felt needed to be dived into. If Hugh Jackman was almost in Spider-Man, that means he could have learned how to use cloning from the prestige. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you following? Which is the link that we found. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Vaguely? Yeah, I remember. I remember this. Um, and then he says, what you didn't know was that because he was nearly in Spider-Man, the cloning process was nearly completed, resulting in Topher Grace in Interstellar. Oh, my God. That means that he is Toby's clone. So Topher Grace is in Spider-Man 3. Topher Grace is also in Interstellar. Okay. Um, so that also means that Toby Maguire was in Interstellar. Okay. And Topher Grace is Toby's clone. Hello. 
Okay. Okay. So. Is it a lot? I'm sorry. I no, just that's beautiful. That. that just means that this man has seen what the world will look like when it ends. And this man has seen the new world. And yeah, that means that yeah. Toby is a more mighty being than anybody ever imagined. <laughs> we knew that. We knew that. We just didn't have the balls to say it. And yeah. Sean has the balls, okay? Thank you for your balls, Sean. Thank you for your balls, Sean. I think I also have another uh, bit of correspondence. Please. Um, from my buddy James. He actually just got married today. Uh, love you to death, bud. He said uh, last Wednesday that he was a bit disappointed in one of our episodes uh, because we mentioned that Gambit taught... Um, Brucey, I don't remember who he's referring to, but Gambit taught him the heart of the cards, uh-huh. and we and we never talked about Yu-Gi-Oh. Ah, uh, because it wasn't time to do all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm assuming that he's referring to Gambit talking to Bruce Wayne. No, not Bruce Wayne. Bruce um, Banner. The Hulk. Did we talk about the Hulk? What are you talking about? I don't know, dude. We need some friggin' people to make, like, a, a, a friggin' wiki for us so we can... We said Gambit was talking to Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell! Bruce Campbell. Okay, not Bruce Banner. The cooler Bruce. Understood. Okay, so Gambit teaching Bruce Campbell the heart of the cards. Yeah. Uh, we should have mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, our bad. We'll come back next week. It would be... Some sweet Yu-Gi-Oh shit. It would be a deus ex machina thing to give uh, Bruce Campbell the, a blue-eyes white dragon. Because then he would just be impossible to beat. And then he would be too good of Bruce Campbell. I mean, last we saw Bruce Campbell, you and I, he was being he was taught basically French a super, yeah. from Amelie. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into that again. Cause I, I cried me. last. Please do not. <laughs> I do not want to cry again on microphone, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like if he can be taught by Amelie, uh, he can also <laughs> have the blue eyes, white dragon. That's it. Right. End, of, end of story. That's Done. There. That was a good wrap up there. Well, um, I guess that'll that'll just about do it. So thanks, Sean, and thanks, James, for being some some cutie boys thanks. and listening to our delightful show and offering some thoughtful insight. Thanks. Um, hey, keep it up. You know, if you if you see us slacking anymore, like we clearly are doing, by um, I don't know if we talked about Spider-Man very much at all in this episode. We just kind of talked about tangential characters that we created. I promise I thought about him while this episode was going on. Literally only think about him. I'm staring at my poster of, of, of Tobey Maguire in Cider House Rules right now, and it is a damp experience. All right, well, I'm going to call it a night here or a day. Hell, even an afternoon. I don't know. When are you listening? <laughs> um, have a blessed rest of your life. Okay, bye. I gotta go.